0: The story.
1: He is the morning sun and the new beginning. He is the rain that drenches the barren waste. He is nourishment to the spirit that hungers and water to the souls that thirst. He is the word that encourages and the strong arm that supports. He knows your true worth and your beautiful heart. And when you think that you can't, he knows that you can.
0: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, when we're faced with a devastating situation that changes our life, we can either make the decision to push away from God or to lean closer into Him. This was the situation that Judy Walker found herself in when her husband was diagnosed with cancer and later lost his life in a car accident. Today, we'll hear how Judy Walker responded and how she turned her pain into poetry. Judy's chatting with Karen Hunt. Karen Hunt.
2: I'm honoured to have as my featured guest today, Judy Walker, a beautiful lady based in Wangaratta in northeastern Victoria. Good morning, Judy. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Karen. It's lovely to be with you. It's great to have you join me. Now, you're not just a registered nurse. You're also a published author. You have a real passion for writing, but you also have a very caring heart and a beautiful soul caring for some lovely aged people in your local area. Before we hone in on your writing and and Wangaratta itself, tell us, you were born and bred in Newmerca, Victoria. What was life like for you as a little tacker and maybe what was your favourite childhood memory?
1: Yes, I was born in Newmerca but I grew up on a farm just out of Newmerca, about Uh 20 minutes from Newmerca. Sand Mount, if we want to be precise. And um, my childhood was just wonderful. I often think that I grew up in the best Um, My mother was a homemaker She was there um, One of six children So it was a big family And it was just the loveliest childhood A little country school that we used to walk to And then walk up the other corner And catch the bus to Cobram High School Uh, Look, so many beautiful memories In fact, the last poem in my book Is a poem that I wrote uh, at the time of my mother's death and that sort of describes a little of what my childhood was like, and how beautiful my mother was. And um, and one of my most beautiful memories is sitting around the open fire in the kitchen, all snuggled up Aww. with mum, and um, and her reading another chapter of Enid Blyton and, oh. and it was just a beautiful childhood.
2: How nice. Now, yeah. the book you're referring to, Prayers of a Mother, we're yeah. going to discover why this is so important to you as we go along. But your mum, obviously uh, you have fond memories of your mum. You said one of six children,
1: whereabouts in the family line did you come? I came number five, Yeah, um, two daughters and then a son. And then two more daughters, and I always think, oh, they're probably thinking, oh, I hope Judy's another son. But anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finally another son arrived, my, my younger brother, um, Greg. So there's six of us, and, um, and we're all spread in different directions. I have a sister actually over in Canada, so that's too far away, but um, that's how um, life just sort of leads us in different directions, doesn't it? But you're all close
2: regardless? Oh, so close. So, Judy, as a family, with your mum and your dad, your five siblings, was faith a natural part of your family culture?
1: Yes, it was. You know, people often talk about their coming to faith and their experience or their born-again experience. Um, For me, faith was always a part of our life. Um, Every Sunday, all of us, in our Sunday clothes, dressed and clean and ready for church and jump in the car and off we'd go to little Yarrawea Presbyterian it yeah. was then and then it became Yarrawea Uniting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, typically um, the little Sunday school teacher as I became a teenager and uh, have very fond memories of our little country church and actually my children were christened in that same church. My mother had been christened in it, I had been christened in it, and then our two children were christened in it. So that was very special.
2: Part of the family tradition. Yeah, it was. So you mentioned the farm before. So you grew up on farmland?
1: Did grow up on farmland, yes. We were on a dairy and sheep farm. We had share farmers working the dairy side, so... We didn't have Dad trotting off to milk the cows all the time. There was somebody doing that. When the farm was finally sold, my brother and sister-in-law took it over eventually, but then um, they retired into New Merca and and the farm was sold. And we all went back for that one last weekend and um, sat around that kitchen table for that one last time.
2: Momentous, I'm imagining?
1: Yeah, very momentous. Very special. And I still drive past every time I go over that way. i take the turn that leads me past the, the <laughs> house and just stretch my neck back to have one last look at it. Yeah. Me.
2: What were you into at that time? What flicked your switch? What did you enjoy doing?
1: Look, I loved school. I always loved English and theatre and, theater and mm-hmm. drama and I guess that's another reason why I just love doing poetry because yeah. I get to perform it, I get to present it, which is a real passion. Uh-huh. And, and at school um, I was always... Um, in the drama classes and and so I guess that's really uh, a little bit of sport, a little bit of everything, but uh, that's probably what my, my passion really was then. So how come you got into nursing? You know, back then it was um, really for me, it was, well, I don't quite know what I want to do. Yeah. Will I be a nurse? Will I be a teacher? Will I be a secretary? Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, well, a girlfriend of mine is going to do nursing and, uh, and I can do that at Marupna Base Hospital, which isn't too far away. I can still come home on weekends. So I'll be a nurse. <laughs> and that's really, it wasn't something that I was ever, you know, there was never that passion, I want to be a nurse. It, I just sort of fell into it that way. But of course, it's been the most wonderful career. And, um, and certainly as a, a, a widow, um, it was so good to be able to just pick up a few shifts, that's that's a great benefit to being a nurse.
2: Mm. You can get
1: those part-time shifts. And it's also just so gratifying. And I think the older I get, the more I, I just relish all those, those chances to connect with people and, mm. and hopefully make a difference.
2: Well, you sound like a, a connector. You sound like you have a compassionate heart. Tell us, when you were nursing as a young woman, is that when you met your husband?
1: Yes, it is. So he was from the same town as me and I always knew of Adrian, but I'd never really met him. Um, and my girlfriend, who I flattered with in Melbourne, knew Her older brothers and sisters were friends of of Adrian and we all went out one night and I went out with my girlfriend and he was there. So we met in Melbourne, yes, all those years ago. And what was he into? What was his thing? He was, um, at that stage, he was a truck driver Mm -hmm. and um, he was an owner driver and and he loved doing that. He was into football, of course, and he played football and, and all the things that young men liked to do and had a great sense of humour and was from a Christian family also, yeah. which was lovely. Back then, my faith hadn't deepened to where it is today, but certainly for us both, it was significant. And I can remember him telling me after we were married that he'd read his Bible right through. And I remember thinking, wow, I'd never done that. Mm-hmm back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so so having your own young children yes,
2: was the Bible, was faith uh, a part of your
1: early family years together? Yes it was. There was a bit of Sunday school as they got older but really, well it became much more significant I think when Adrian um, was diagnosed with cancer mm. and of course I always say when life throws you these curveballs, you either go one way or another, I think. Sometimes you you can think, well, who is this God that would allow this to happen? Or you just hang on even tighter and you just draw deeper into your faith. Mm. And that's how it was for me. And I remember thinking after Adrian died, he was diagnosed with cancer and he had been um, treated for that over 12 months. And he was the most courageous, wonderful wonderful patient mm. um, and that gave me a chance to really um, touch on God and heaven and all those aspects of Christianity yeah. with my children because I didn't know quite where it was all going to end but we actually lost Adrian in a car accident oh, and um, and it was just so wonderful to be able to talk to my little ones in uh-huh. terms of heaven it was so important to them to know that daddy was okay and, and that everything he wanted he had and and I don't know how parents actually get through those times without that because for me and for my babies it was just so important. So they were four years and two, and two. years, is that four right? Yes, four and two. Um, I could never have believed that a little four-year-old would have grieved As passionately as my Meggie did Mm. Um, Joe was younger And for him it wasn't quite as significant For him it it became more significant As he got older And and friends had daddies and he didn't But for Meg, even at that time It was just so uh, I can remember writing a poem then Called What to Tell a Child As Mm. She Breaks Her Heart Once More and Cries And um, uh, yeah, it was It was very hard for Meg to lose her daddy.
2: And I'm sure also very hard for you to lose your husband.
1: Yeah, it was. And I think having the children just, you know, you can't crawl in a hole even though you want to. Um, You've got little ones that are relying on you. And I I had wonderful family and, and Adrian's family too. So that was all. Terrific. But when you've got children, um, you just have to, you, you pick your moments to grieve mm. and, um, and you stay strong and you push on because that's what you have to do. Yeah. How
2: did you yourself cope at that time?
1: Well, you know, I've said many times, faith, family and friends, mm. um, and, and it's just so true. Yeah. Wonderful family support. From both my family and my husband's family, my mum and dad and Adrian's widowed mother were both from, all from the same town, so that was great. And I came back to New We had been living, we'd bought a little house in Lancefield and, um, and that was sort of closer to Melbourne. But after Adrian died, we moved back in with my mum and dad. And that was a big thing. Mm, um, it, it was It was a big thing for all of us. But because they were so wonderful and, and gracious, we just slotted back in there. And it was so lovely for me not to have to go back to the house that Adrian and I had lived in with the children. Yeah. The memories there would have been just too painful. And I was very thankful I didn't have to do that. Mm. I immediately came home and my children, although they didn't have their daddy, they had adoring grandparents and they had cousins around them and I had friends around me as well and we had our local little church then to be attending and and we could walk there um, with grandma and pa up the street to their Sunday school and, and that's how I got through because everybody was just so kind and so generous and prayer and faith and all of those things allow you to survive difficult times.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, author and nurse Judy Walker is chatting with Karen Hunt about her life journey. We've just heard how she had to break the news of her husband's death to her two young children. Next, we'll find out how she was able to use writing as an outlet to express her emotions. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with author and nurse Judy Walker chatting with Karen Hunt. Before the break, we heard how Judy helped her young children grieve their father's death by sharing with them that he is now in heaven. In the years after his death, she learned to grapple with her emotion through her writing and she's also learned to write about the joy in her life.
2: Now, Judy, you were telling me just before, your very first book that was published nursery rhymes and something to do with the female anatomy. (laughs) Give us a little bit of an outline. (laughs)
1: Yes, and it's not actually nursery, it's nursey. Oh. Nursery rhymes. Nursery rhymes. I wish I'd spelled it a different way because so many people read it as nursery. But it's definitely not nursery rhymes. It's nursery rhymes. Okay. Have you seen my uterus (laughs) is the full title. (laughs) Yeah. And and I've just been writing poetry about nursing for years and all the girls at work used to say, oh, why don't you put it in a book? And I used to think, well, nobody publishes poetry, but of course these days you can self-publish and... um, and so that's what I did and, and I really thought This Prayers of a Mother was going to be my first book but it just worked out that Nursery Rhymes was and um, and I know that's the way it was supposed to be. I learnt a lot through that first experience yeah. and the first experience was just wonderful. We launched it at the library, had a big night there and um, and I've sold so many copies. They've trotted all over Australia. Um, a lot are ordered online yeah. which is the same with some prayers of a mother mm-hmm. and um, and local outlets as well and it has just so many nurses relate because we all have the same I think wicked sense of humor <laughs> and uh, and some of it is quite poignant as well it's not all um, nonsense poetry there's um, there's a fair bit of deep and meaningful in there as well. And, yeah, it's been embraced remarkably. So I was thrilled with that.
2: So when you say rhymes, nursery rhymes, is yes. it literally rhyming poetry or different
1: forms of prose? What is it? Yes, it's all poetry. Um, not all of it is rhyming, uh, but a lot of it is. But some of it is great verse. And, uh, and I've done a couple. Um, actually, one of my poems I wrote, just so touched through the, the death of a, a lovely lady we were nursing and, and her family, her Christian family, all just around her bed and mm-hmm. I was inspired to, to write um, a poem just relating to that end stage and, um, and the journey and, and what a privilege it is to be at the bedside of someone you love, just seeing them through that final stage. And that poem has been read at a number of funerals, which is really gratifying to me. Mm. So right now
2: you're you're working with aged care.
1: Have you been doing that for a while? I have. Um, I'm a registered nurse, which means I'm the sister in charge, and yeah. I'm the sister in charge on evening shifts. Yes. And, um, and a long time ago I felt that aged care was where I was meant to be, and... Um, It's just, for me, nursing is not so much about technology and adrenaline. It's more about relationship and connections. Although aged care is becoming very complex now, and uh, we have a lot of uh, different issues to deal with, but it's also relationships. And we actually get to know the people that we're nursing. Acute care is so transient now. People come in and out and, and spend so little time generally in hospital. But in aged care, I get to know the people that I'm looking after. And I think it's definitely the kind of nursing that I was meant to do. Mm. And when
2: you've got the ongoing relationships, you can speak into their hearts and speak into
1: their lives ongoingly. Oh, I can, Karen. And it's amazing now... How often I'm even afforded the privilege to even pray with some of my readers. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very special. What an honour. Yeah, it is.
2: So, you were sharing with us before, Judy, how you yourself grew up one of six kids dairy and sheep farming. You moved to Melbourne when you studied for nursing. You met your first husband who unfortunately died in a car crash. You're currently married to Rob in yep. the Wangaratta area. Your children, you've got two beautiful kids, Meg and Joe they're, they're both grown up now. They've had their own challenges along the way, losing their dad. But for you, with your writing, did that become... Uh, a creative outlet for you, was that a form of of self-expression which was a part of helping you through
1: a healing process as well? Yes, very much so, Um, very much so. After Adrian died and and I was living at home with my mum and dad, I would often wake up early in the morning and um, and so many thoughts would be going through my head and I just developed this... um, habit of having a pen and paper beside the bed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I would just plonk myself uh, back against my pillows and start writing and I've written a number of poems just relating to how I was feeling and what was happening in my life at that time yep. and they're very personal and very special and and they're poems that I've been able to pass on to my children who um, can sort of be taken back and and know just how things were then and so that was wonderful it was i often say if anybody is is struggling in any way consider putting your thoughts on paper mm. because it's so cathartic it, it's uh it's a really good thing to do and so that's what started well a lot of i guess i've been writing a bit of nursey kind of poetry before that but certainly my more personal and my my spiritual poetry. Uh, really started to evolve after um, what was obviously the hardest time in my life.
2: Mm. Tell me, this particular book right now, Prayers of a Mother, poem, Prayers of a Mother, the very first poem in the book, how beautiful you are. Just give us a little bit of an outline what that one's about why it's so special to you, and
1: maybe if you're willing to share it with us, that would be great. Yes, well, you know, there's a story behind every poem in the yep. book, and I cover so many different subjects. It's not all about youth. I cover water baptism and the birth of my grandchildren and addiction and um, lack of faith and so many different areas. But this one I wrote, there was a, a friend, well, I'd sort of got to know her, and she was so struggling with um, uh, with alcoholism and uh, with her self-worth and, and her own identity and uh, her failure, and I just wanted her to know how God sees her. We have to know how we are seen in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so this little one, um, it's certainly not the first poem I ever wrote, but it's the one um, the first one that I chose to put in the book. And, uh, and it's called How Beautiful You Are. Another friend of mine took it to, um, to give it to her son who is struggling with his own self-worth. Um, so is it a long one or is no. it short enough to be able to read to us? Yes, it is. It's not a long one, Karen, so I will read it okay. if you would like me to. Let's
2: hear it. Love to.
1: How Beautiful You Are. How beautiful you are in the eyes of your father. For every moment of disappointment... God sees your potential. For every tear that fills your eyes, God sees the sparkle that once shone from within. For every moment of self-recrimination, God says, I forgive you. For every dream shattered, God sees a victorious outcome. For every mirror that mocks you, God sees your magnificence. For every dark shadow, God shines a bright light. For every failed ambition, God sees a dream yet to be realised. For every I'm not worthy, God says that you are. He is the morning sun and the new beginning. He is the rain that drenches the barren waste. He is nourishment to the spirit that hungers and water to the soul that thirsts. He is the word that encourages and the strong arm that supports. He knows your true worth and your beautiful heart. And when you think that you can't, he knows that you can.
2: Well, that's beautiful, Judy absolutely gorgeous.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much,
2: Karen. You have a great day. God bless you today and I look forward to hearing more from Judy Walker.
0: God
1: bless you too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Well, how beautiful was that? We're so thankful for Judy Walker for sharing her story and gift of poetry with us today and we hope it's been a blessing to you. If you're going through a similar experience dealing with loss and various challenges of life, you might want to check out her book called Poem. P O A M, which stands for Prayer of a Mother. As we heard, she's also written a humorous book about nursing, appropriately titled Nursey Rhymes. We hope her book inspires you to write down what you're going through, as it can turn into something amazing. Well, thanks for joining us for Judy's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on the Story. Somebody uh, asked a question one day when I went along to one of these lectures and said, um, how could that match up with evolution? How could that evolve? And he said, oh, I don't know whether I believe in evolution fully myself. And I thought, well, goodness me, he used the word there, believe, which didn't seem to me appropriate for a scientist. Dr Don Batten has been with Creation Ministries International since 1994. He has spoken around the world on the creation issue, showing the errors in the evolutionary ideas he was taught. We'll hear his story and find out why he's so passionate about creation next time. The Story, story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.